The NFL plans to play the Black National Anthem before their games. A pastor tells the black community the truth, and Antifa tries to take back Chaz after the police cleared them out. We'll get into all this and more. Welcome to the Joey Saladino Show. I'm your host, Joey Saladino, where we go through everything in the news today and more. Now let's get into this. Now before I get into this episode, I just want to say YouTube actually demonetized every single video on my channel in all future videos. I'm working hard right now to try to fix this issue and fix this problem. Who knows if it's targeted. But regardless, if you enjoy my show, I will continue pumping out the show for free almost every single day. But if you do want to support me, you can support me on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Salads. If you want to help me continue to do what I do every single day, that will be much appreciated. Other than that, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. It's optional. You can help me out if you want, or if you don't want it, it's fine. I, to me, it doesn't make a difference. Well, it kind of does a little bit because uh, I need to, some type of revenue to keep the show going, but I'm going to do it regardless. So let's get into this. Antifa terrorists try to take Chaz back after the police cleared them out. Check it out. <laughs> They're throwing bottles at the police. Jeez, who the hell is playing the drums and freaking bongos over here? So this, uh, uh, by the way, I'm looking at it right now. I don't think I see one black person. It's all just white Antifa terrorist liberals. Uh, This is what happens when you have bad parenting. This is what bad parenting leads to. Keep an eye on your kids. Make sure your kids are going to school, get an education. Make sure they have their head on their shoulders because you do not want them to turn into an Antifa thug or an idiotic liberal. You want to, you got to instill proper values into your kids. So... That's where we're at. They're trying to create more chazzes and autonomous zones all throughout the country. I'm so glad that they finally took the initiative and, the t- and, and made the order for the police to shut it down. The police took it back. They, I, I was talking about it on yesterday's podcast. They took back the police station that the, the Antifa did take over. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, good for the police that can actually finally come in and do their jobs. To be honest... It looks kind of fun to be a riot police cop. I, I, I don't know what you would call it, a riot cop. It looks kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. You get to beat up on some Antifa terrorists. You get to get a lot of aggression and anger out. And it's fully justified because they're attacking you and they're wreaking havoc and they're destroying the town and they're leading to more people dying and they're leading to injuries and people getting hurt. So you're kind of doing a good thing while it's kind of fun at the same time and dangerous. So I guess you get a little bit of a thrill out of that. But that's where we're at. And let's hope that no more autonomous zones pop up. And uh, yeah, now this guy's 19-year-old son was actually murdered at Chaz. And this is his emotional uh, statement on Fox News. And I want to share it with you guys. Incredible. These are kids, man. I'm 50 years old. Man, these are, these are kids, man. They should have been stopped this a long time ago. It, it's starting to get, it, excuse me, but it, 
it's getting to the point. You know where, you know it's getting. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm just really. I'm so sorry, Mr. Anderson. I, I, you know, I can only say this as a dad. I, you want to break Sean Hannity? I, you know, I'm a pretty tough guy. That will break me. What you Somebody did ask for this, and they need to come talk to me, and somebody need to come tell me something, because I still don't know nothing, and somebody need to come to my house and knock on my door and tell me something. But, you know, I don't know nothing. All I know is my son, was, he got killed up there, and he's just a, he's just, just a 19-year-old. No, that's Horace Lorenzo Anderson. That's my son, you know, and I loved him. And that was my son. I can't even begin to imagine this guy's pain. It's it's pretty sad. It, it it really is heartbreaking. And this does put into perspective when we see this stuff happen on the news, when we see somebody murdered on the news, when we see somebody stabbed, when we see this stuff happening, we we're kind of desensitized to it where we're just looking at it as more text on a screen. We're looking at it. Oh, there's another news story. Oh, look, see, told you, look, we knew someone was going to get killed in Chaz. You know, we knew it, but this kind of really puts into perspective that that one little news story, that one little headline, that one little sentence is the world to some people where when we ran the story, when we talked about the story, how the 19-year-old kid got killed in Chaz, to us, it, it was just another story. It was something we kind of did see coming. But that one little story is the world to this person, and it kind of really puts it into perspective when we talk about the news, when we talk about these situations. And it also puts it into perspective more on how we were calling for the mayor to shut down Chaz before somebody really did get seriously hurt. This is something that that could have been easily avoided had the mayor actually acted and not just called it a block party and not just called it a peaceful protest. This is what happens. And this does really put it into perspective. And I, and I hope people start listening because this is something that, that, that should not have happened. This is not a, a political game. They're, they're making it a political game, these Democrats, where there actually are dire consequences. So this black pasture tells the truth to the black community, listen up, because it's amazing. And then there's the problem of death. If we're going, if we're going ideologically, the argument got to hold up on both sides. All the killing in our community ain't coming from white people. Come on, say amen if you can. We are killing one another. Our old people are scared to get out at night in their own community. They're not scared of white people. They're scared of young black boys on the street. Real quick, he's saying that our communities, we're, we're scared of other black folks. Well, they are, because that's who's in their community. Now, what I was thinking about the other day, when we see an unarmed kid, an unarmed black man killed in the hood by a white cop, because the cop was responding to a police call. Who are the people making those calls in, a, in an all-black community? Who are the people making those calls? There's a suspicious black guy running down the street with, with a, that looks like a gun. 
when they get these calls. Who's making those calls? Other black people in the community. It's not, 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 not Karens are not driving down to Compton to make phone calls on black people running around. That's not what's happening. It's the people in the community, other black people, who are making these calls. Amen. No, oh, no, 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 no. All the killing that's going on ain't going on in River Oaks. It's going on in South Union. In Third Ward. On Cullen and Martin Luther King. Every street that's named after Martin Luther King across America is riddled with crime and death in the name of a man who stood for nonviolence. The church has got to accept some responsibility because we in here singing and shouting on Sunday morning. Let's get out here and go tell that young black boy and that young black girl, we gonna teach you how to love yourself more than somebody taught you how to hate yourself. Pull your pants up. Take your nasty pajamas off when you get up in the morning to go outside. Wish I had somebody to help me. Act like you got good sense. Talk like somebody's raising you. A whole lot of our problems are self-inflicted. White people ain't breaking in my house. I wish I had a witness here. I mean, absolutely amazing. He really called it out for what it is, and I love how the community agreed. If, if to fix these communities, they need to fix themselves. It's not white people. We're, we're not the problem. As he's saying, we're, we're not barging into, the, into their houses and robbing them. We're not burning down their city streets. And that all ties back to what he was also saying, is we need to teach these people to, to love themselves more than... They hate themselves or to love others more than they hate themselves. Whatever it was, it still makes sense and it holds true. And I think this is a big problem of a lot of these kids being born out of wedlock, getting raised in poor conditions and poor environments and bad parental figures and them getting put in, not really put, but, you know, they find their way into gangs and they find their way of, uh, they need to, be being in a gang is part of toughness, um, robbing and, the whole gangster hip-hop culture, not all the hip-hop culture, but the gangster part of hip-hop culture, it's hurting the community. It's hurting the community pretty bad because these kids, they're growing up wanting to be cool, wanting to be a gangster. I got to get a gat. I got to get a gun. And that's what they want. That's what they admire. That's what they see as being cool. So when you have a kid in a black community whose goal and aspiration is to be a cool rapper with an illegally purchased firearm and like, oh yeah, beat that guy up. Oh yeah, rob that store. It doesn't matter if you're black, doesn't matter if you're white, doesn't matter if you're Asian. Having those values in your mind is, gonna, is not going to make you successful in life. But if you have those values of, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to go to college, I have a plan, I'm going to get a degree, and then I'm going to use that degree to get this job where I'm not going to go to school, I'm not, my, my, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to graduate high school, and then I'm going to go work here, then work there, work my way up, make the income, invest in that. You know, if you have those aspirations, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, 
Asian. It, it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with your color or your race at all. It has everything to do with, with up here and how you're raised and the values and what you look up to and aspire to be. And if you grow up with those values, you will be successful. Even if you're not a multimillionaire, you'll be successful on a world standard regardless. And you'll be successful as an individual, as you, compared to to you. Even if you're not going to be, you know, even if you're making a middle, mid-tier income. And you have a family, and you grow up, you have a family. You can survive, you know, you, you can live a happy life doing what you love. You don't have to worry about being on the run from the from the cops. You don't have to worry about getting in a fight in the streets or getting shot and getting killed. It's all about your aspirations and the environment. And these communities need to break out of that negative environment. So the NFL plans to play the Black National Anthem before Week 1 games. Who else does not plan on watching because of NFL trying to be so regressive? Um, the NFL playing the Black National Anthem before each game is segregation at its finest. If we can't all be together as one under the National Anthem, then we are not a united country. So let's figure out what the national, the Black National Anthem actually is. Um... The NFL plans to have a song lift every voice and sing known as the Black National Anthem. So there's this song, lift every voice and sing. Uh, let's see, maybe I could play a little clip of it uh, without getting flagged. Today, flag day. Lift every voice and sing. Lift so it introduced in 1900 as a poem by African-American educators and activist James Whittle Johnson. Haven't you noticed that uh, they never did this under the eight years under Obama? It's only now. And the problem with this, big time, is that th- this is literally segregation. We, we need to have, what, we're going to have a black flag now next? Instead of having the American flag, we're going to have a black nation or a black power flag instead of this flag? It's not, it's not a pledge. It's not an allegiance. According to the source, Lift Every Voice and Sing will be played before the Star-Spangled Banner. This will be, uh, begin the nationally televised game for the season, which on September 10th, when the defending Super Bowl champs of the Kansas City Chief host the Houston Texans. The song also will be played during the full slate of those week one Sunday games. They're probably going to do it just once just to see the reaction, but it's probably going to lead to them doing it more because then once they get rid of it, if people don't really like it, once they get rid of it, all the people who don't watch football, all the Black Lives Matter crowd, all the liberals are going to be canceling the NFL and they're going to cave to the pressure, then they're going to do it again. So Lift Every Voice and Sing was written as a poem by Joss Whedon Johnson, according to the NAACP's website, Johnson's brother, John Ram Johnson, sent the poem music in 19, uh, 1899. It was performed in 1900 by a choir at a segregation Staten school in Jacksonville, Florida, where Whedon Johnson was principal as part of the celebration of former Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Isn't that kind of ironic that they made the song, I'm assuming, against segregation? And now it's being used to segregate. It's so ironic. And this this just proves that the left doesn't really care about equality. They don't care about being one. They don't care about America. And this shows that billion-dollar 
companies and corporations, whatever you do, organizations, uh, the NFL, will just bend the knee to these outrage mob crowds. I haven't been watching the NFL since they did the whole Neil thing, and also because like the last half dozen Super Bowls were just god awfully boring to watch. But uh, phew, this is where we're at. We're gonna see their ratings drop even more. We're going to see them owe even more money to advertisers. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, <laughs> geez, we can't even enjoy anything anymore. Demonetizing my YouTube. They're cutting everything that we love, NASCAR, football. Everything's politicized. It's just, it, it's getting to the point where it's like, just leave me alone. Just let me enjoy something without having it to be political just leave me alone can i just go to the store and buy something without putting a mask on like can i go and sit down at a restaurant and eat no can i go to the gym no she's like just stop just just let me be let me live my life it's making people political it's making people get involved in politics when they don't want to be involved in politics like just leave me alone just let me just do what i want to do stop jamming this shit in my face if you support my show and want to help support me financially, the left has been actively trying to destroy my life financially. So if you can please join my Patreon, patreon.com slash Joey Salas. A link should be in the description. If you could become a Patreon and contribute any amounts, that will go a long way to help me out. Thank you so much.